like beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It here on ESPN. 1520, Jeremy White with Bert Deister. A beautiful week of weather on the way. Looking yeah. like 80s. Yeah, so, so uh, we did pumpkin beer last week. Yeah, I feel so like we'll we... wait till it gets cold and then we'll, <laughs> we'll do it again. Yeah, because, you know, because uh, everybody loves it so d- much. It definitely doesn't feel like fall this last week, which uh, I'm sure some people are very happy to have temperatures climbing back up. Myself, I'm, uh, I'm not, but that's okay. Moving along. So if you want to make pumpkin beers, uh, maybe you're not in the mood, but you will be in a couple weeks when it gets back in a fall-ish kind of weather, uh, you can always find any episode of the show on demand at WGR550.com or uh, ESPN's, ESPN1520 at our website as well. So we keep we archive them. We keep them for you. Pumpkin beer last week. Uh, this week we're doing gluten-free beer, but in a minute. For hops, uh, we are at the end of we're our window. Towards the end of the season. You want to be harvesting them if you're – maybe yours are – particularly ready to harvest i'd be a little surprised but you want to be checking on them day after day so you want to be opening them up you want to look at their pollen production but you also want to look for the signs that they've gone bad so any brown dead petals any mold growth or if you open them up and they start to getting kind of gooey on the inside and you're smelling any rancid or cheesy smells you need to get them off you need to get them dried cheesy smells huh yeah you don't want cheesy i didn't know maybe you do want cheesy from your hop but not that kind of cheesy. Also coming up, uh, big event for the Niagara Association of Homebrewers, Sultans of Swig, Das House Brewers. You guys have an event on the 30th coming up. You got it, and that's a homebrew, bottle, share, and exchange. So it'll be basically a tasting where you can also end up with a doggy bag. So bring in beers that you have. They could be commercial beers. They can be homebrewed beers, uh, ones you might be willing to trade, but also ones that you want to share because people are going to hang out and they're going to trade beers and they're going to drink beer as well. So if you're looking for you know, comments on your beers, if you're looking for critiques, bring them in. There'll be a lot of great brewers here with all the clubs, and they can give you a little foresight on what you might be doing right and what you might be doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And you always encourage people to join these brew clubs if they can? Yes, it's the best way to learn. Having peers that you can bounce back you know, uh, problems with, you can bounce back ideas, uh, not only is it going to save you a lot of time by kind of heading off shortfalls, um, it's also just going to make your beer a lot beer. You, you might not know you're having shortfalls. You're going to get better beer just because people are going to pick out problems that you didn't initially see. All right. Taste. Draft supplies, pump taps, picnic taps, draft kits, cleaning supplies, everything fully stocked. Uh, cryo hops, this is week like seven or eight of asking how things going for cryo hops. They're doing good. And we also have Galaxy and Nelson Savin back in stock. So if you had a recipe and you were really waiting on that Galaxy, we got it back. So if you want to come in and grab some, we got it. Okay. And a full service winemaking shop as well. You guys have everything you need uh, to make your own wine if you know you want to get into that mode. If you've been doing a home a lot of home brewing, maybe you don't maybe you don't have an open keg and you still want to do something. Um, yep. or you don't know any bottles or open whatever open space open taps whatever you you're using uh, you could roll Maybe to wine you're being overloaded with fruit from the backyard and if, if you take that fruit away you will also take away the fruit flies and the yellow jackets mm-hmm. which we talked about so utilize that fruit that's just kind of rotting on the vine in your backyard make some small batches of wine or cider or perry um, if you have a lot of bees maybe start making mead just okay. keep a hive if you can't beat them join them yep. um, 
but we have all this everything you're going to need from presses from crushers from straining bags uh, everything to do from down as one gallon all the way up to 15 or more we have the equipment in stock and at every price level too you can get into this for under 50 bucks and have all the equipment to make one gallon batches of wine for decades to come um, or you just like brewing now you could put in the hundreds of dollars or more um, to have a mini commercial setup so if you wanted a commercial you know, variable fermentation stainless steel vat um, in your basement, nice eight foot high, you know, wine vessel. You can get that now. You can get one for your home, for home use. And today's show, the big topic we're going to get into for the meat of this is gluten-free beer, which uh, kind of sounds like it's an oxymoron in a way. Like, you know, the four main ingredients of beer, there's going to be grain. Yeah. And, and, and barley. And barley. And like, we always look at and. I don't think we really appreciate how much barley and wheat, but particularly barley, give beer their kind of distinctive flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so barley is also very high in gluten. Uh, So if you do have, whether it's, you know, a gluten intolerance or, you know, a serious gluten allergy or, you know, celiacs, um, this can be offsetting for you. You think about how important a single cold beer is to a lot of people when they get home you know, after a long day of work. If you come home and you don't have that option, it's either, you know, a glass of Merlot, maybe you go for like some type of bad hard soda uh, to kind of get that cold, refreshing beer, or some of the beers out there, even commercial, kind of tastes like, you know, cold, dry pancake syrup. Yeah. And it just doesn't come off like beer, and you don't get that quite the same effect. Um, So a lot of people who are beer fans, but also have some type of gluten intolerance, often turn to home brewing because there's really not that many gluten, you know, free only brewing companies out there. And I, I could think of a few, Ghostfish, Ground Baker, uh, Glutenberg, I can think of because I see them uh, in Canada every once in a while, and you do see them around here very, you know, sparingly. But these are gluten you know, free brewing companies. They only brew these styles to beer and they, you know, have really kind of started to bring them into uh, something that's a little more tolerable for somebody Mm -hmm. who has drank a real craft beer. Um, And I I guess that's what the thing with the gluten-free beers. If you had never had a craft beer before, you would definitely say, oh, this is great. You know, this is refreshing. It's, you know, got a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of mouthfeel. But if you've had real beer before, they can just be a little bit disappointing. Right. So this might be a good jumping off point. Maybe someone has well, – because one of the things we talk about with home brewing is how much money you can save. You know, you yes. brew your own beer, you save a lot of money. And if you have to find and go really far out of your way, say you are someone who need, needs gluten-free beer, brewing your own, I would think you would stand to save, I mean, more money than just about anybody that's brewing because whatever. I mean, you're going to ship it they're in from Seattle. Expensive. Yeah, they're more expensive. They're – you don't really get a lot of, you know, variation. So you're only going to see classic styles. You'll see a pale ale. You'll see a stout. You'll see a lager. That might be it. You're not going to see, you know, seasonal releases with new hops. You're not going to see, uh, you know, big, robust beers that are meant to be aged. This is a six-pack. Here you go. Here's something for you. You Not a lot of options. Maybe if you go to your grocer, you'll have one or two. You know, gluten-free beers available in a six-pack if you're lucky. Yeah. 
So, so you stand to save money. Yeah, and, and do you want to know what? You really don't have a choice because if you're going to beer shares or trying to find online, you know, every beer you're going to drink, it's one, I think the expense and the time put in uh, is really just going to kind of drive you away from it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this. If you are on a gluten-reduced diet or you want to just brew one of these beers just for something fun quip. to do, maybe you have a friend who is a gluten-free beer drinker and you could surprise him or her with – Boom, here's a case. I made this for you. This is gluten-free beer. Uh, let's get into it. So the, the first option, which we've talked about before, and there's kind of two ways you can go, is the White Labs Clarifirm. Now, this was a new product a couple of years ago. We talked about it a little bit when it came out, but it is a gluten-reducing enzyme. And the USDA uh, is coming out, and I think they already have, with a, um, a set of standards uh, for gluten-reduced product. And so what this does is you put it in, right at the start of primary fermentation and the enzyme sits in there during fermentation is agitated with the kind of convection of the yeast and it slowly you know breaks down the gluten uh, and it gets it down into single digit parts per million so if you're just looking for gluten reduction um, you're not looking to uh, eliminate it completely this is a great option you get to make all the beers that you love with barley and you simply just add something right at the beginning of the fermentation and this is really you know i think new for one people who uh you know have been trying to reduce gluten in their diet but for brewers uh it's just such an easy fix but however if somebody really does have a strong you know like allergy or, or celiacs this is not going to be quite enough but it's simple so if you're looking for somebody who is just reducing gluten in their diet or trying to or trying to bring it down for a short term this is an easy option. Okay. One vial, it's like $3. You put it in at the beginning, you're done. You're under 10 parts per million, um, and that would qualify as gluten-reduced. Gluten-reduced. And w what does that overall do to the taste? Nothing. Really? I, so have, I have put it into three or four beers. All different get, styles. Yeah, and, and haven't told anybody, um, kind of forgot myself, and then you go back and you look at the notes, and, hey, I put that in there. Huh. I do notice for somebody who you know, isn't worried about um, gluten in their diet, it does improve my clarity. So like it's called Clarifirm, I don't get chill haze hmm. from beers that I use the Clarifirm. And I'm already using Irish moss. And with a lot of grains, I'm using a protein rest already. Um, so it's helping in addition to those. And I uh, really notice like really quick on day three, day four, after cold crashing, the beers I've used with that are still clear. Wow. So... So it's just one vial mm -hmm. and boom. boom. Now, in terms of, maybe I'm, I don't want to get overly technical here, why would any random person that doesn't have a gluten allergy or any sort of, why, what's the benefit of reducing gluten for them? Well, it's, it says even if you don't have an allergy that, you know, high amounts of gluten can be hard on your digestive system and uh, wear down your cilia over time. Um, and some people believe I may, it will help them lose weight. Gotcha. But I mean... Items that are really high in gluten are also really high in carbohydrates, so they just have a lot of calories right. packed into it. So if you you avoid products with gluten, yes, you tend to avoid a lot of you know simple and complex carbohydrates that are going to give you a lot of calories. So if you believe that, then this is a good way to have a good beer, a craft beer that might normally be high in calories that is at least... Still high in calories, but at just least a different type. Right, just a different reduced type, in no. gluten. Reduced in gluten. Huh. Um, and does it change this vial? 
literally nothing else about the process changes. Not the way that the yeast works. Nothing else. Nothing else. It just eats gluten. You got it. And what is it? What's the byproduct? Nothing. Sugar. 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 So fermentable sugar. And then the yeast. So I mean, would would that mean the yeast that yeast does eat it? But it's such a small amount that it's really negligible to the flavor and the alcohol in the long run. Huh. So you may be able to quantify it as like a half a point to a point of gravity by the time its fermentation is complete. But it's not anything that's going to, and this is what I wanted to figure out, throw off your recipes. Right. You can put it into one of your known recipes, start to finish, and you won't notice any difference. Fascinating. All right, let's get a break in. We'll get on the other side because there's another way to do it, and that's using gluten-free ingredients. So not, right? not, not yep. just the one-touch vial goes in. Yep. This is from scratch. You're doing it yourself. Yeah. All right. That's on the other side, gluten-free beer. Maybe you want to get a little bit, uh, you know, do something a little different. How to make a gluten-free beer. We'll continue that, the meat of that, no gluten. Next, here on Niagara Traditions, Just Brew It on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means... Either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply, 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. All right, back here on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It. Gluten-free beer, the uh, topic du jour. If you missed our first segment, you're joining us halfway through. You do have... White Labs Clarifirm. Yeah, so that's if you're just the, trying to reduce it, yeah. that's the easy answer. But if you don't want the easy answer, if you want the hard answer, here we go. And not just gluten-reduced. Now we're going flat-out gluten-free. You got it. Okay. And I think most brewers think, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm using a different extract or a different grain. No, it's not. It's going to be much harder than probably any other beer you've brewed before. And the one disappointing fact that I can tell you, even if you go through all the work and you do it perfectly to make beer out of gluten-free ingredients, when you put it side by side with one of your barley beers, I'm sorry, it's just not going to stand up. And then there's reasons for that, um, partially because the ingredients are working against you where barley is working for you. Barley wants to be beer. When fermentation completes, levels of tannins and sugars and proteins and other starches are kind of reduced into kind of perfect harmonious balance. Uh, everything just falls into place when you're brewing with barley. When you're brewing with sorghum, oats, millet, rice, you know, buckwheat, quinoa, and corn, uh, most of those things will make a better cold salad than they will a beer. Um, so it's like, working against you. And in the end, it just doesn't want to balance out. And I think what most people would say is usually the problems tend to be that the sugars are not simple enough um, and that they also don't have enough starches and proteins, particularly proteins like gluten. Um, and so what happens in the long run is once you get down to the end, you're left with this beer that is sweet. So while it shows a high terminal gravity, when you put it to your mouth, it's got no mouthfeel, which just kind of comes out strange. And so you could kind of compare it to, to me, I always think of like, you know, like if you'd watered down pancake syrup, but it, a lot of people compare it to a almost like a hard soda that you see on the market now. It's just okay. not really a pleasurable flavor, not really something you associate with beer. 
but there is some hope or rather a bunch of really hard you know techniques and a bunch of tips that we can throw at you that will kind of get you a product that you like but if you're giving it to somebody who has not had a real beer in a long time it will be amazing so while you know you with your you know three tap fancy kegerator and a bunch of beers on tap in the basement it's not going to taste like a perfect beer to you but for somebody who hasn't had one you know maybe a year five years or haven't had the luxury of being able to come home and have one after work every day so if you have that friend out there this is going to be uh, amazing for them um and so let's kind of start off with making your own specialty malts. So well, here, let me go back first, because before we get into specialty malts, you don't have to be an all-grain brewer to do this. And this is what a lot of people think is, oh, I just listed off a bunch of grains. Um, there are extracts available at your regular homebrew shop. Not to say you can't find malted extract to some of those other ingredients, but your average homebrew shop, if you may have kind of glanced over, is already going to have a sorghum extract may have a tapioca extract, but they also have, you know, extract corn in your high glucose corn sugar and rice in your rice syrup solid. So if you're an extract brewer, there's hope. You can go to your local home brew shop, you can get some extracts, and you can do your concentrated boil. Um, but either way, if you're an all-grain brewer or if you're an extract brewer, you're going to have to make some of your own specialty malts. So you got to bake out, bring out the cookie sheet, spread out some of your grains, um, whether it's oats, corn, uh, millet are probably my you know favorite uh, and rice for roasting put them out onto a sheet uh, take some wrap them in tin foil with a little bit of water you know sprayed on to get them a little bit humid and put them in the oven at 350 when you start to smell good smells start pulling some of those grains off um, the stuff inside the humid kind of bag there you want to let get a little bit brown a little bit amber those are your crystal malts the first stuff you pull off the cookie tray on the dry side are going to be your toasted malts and then just keep going get some brown malts and then move on till you only have a little bit left and now you need to get some roasted malts um and a little bit of a roasted malt i find with any of these you know gluten-free beers goes a little bit uh you know a little bit above and beyond any beer that you have when it's malted in the kiln you get some burnt uh, whether it's a pilsner malt or anything like that and it's important to have some roasted malt in these beers um, as far as a time a uh, half hour to get your good toasted malts mm -hmm. off usually to do the roasted malts you got to turn the temperature up but you don't want to step away at that point so yes you can speed it up and turn it up to 400 450 degrees um, but don't walk away. It's going to make you really unpopular in the kitchen when you light this whole tray of grain on fire. So keep the spray bottle around from the crystal malts. Keep a tentative. You know, you might have to put out a small smoke storm inside your oven if you go a little bit too far. Okay. Um, so you want to make some specialty malts. Second, you're going to need to use some adjuncts. Um, these non-malted grains, particularly the sorghum uh, and the rice, which tend to be uh, some of our favorites in this brewing process, uh, really don't have great fermentability. Uh, they're usually in the low 60s, where barley is closer to high 80s, low 90s. So uh, just right off the bat, if you're trying to do a bigger beer, if you're trying to do a you know, light, dry beer, it's kind of working against you. So you want to add some simple sugars to this. 
Um, that could be table sugar, um, but I would rather see high glucose corn sugar, Belgian candy sugar, which is derived from beets, or just regular old honey in at least a pound because you want to get that kind of fermentability overall into the, at least the 70s, the high 70s. Um, so you might need to use one or two pounds depending on how much grain you're using. I would say one pound of extract per like six to seven pounds of base grain is usually a good rate to start off with. Now, second of all, so you got your recipe ready, you got your adjunct set aside, now you actually got to mash this stuff. And the first thing that you're going to notice is particularly stuff like millet or quinoa is smaller than the holes in your mash tun. And it's also going to get very gelatinous. So one, you're going to use lots of rice hulls. Normally we encourage people for every 10 pounds of grain to use um, about like half a pound of rice hulls. Um, I would say for every five pounds of grain that you're using here, use a whole pound of rice hulls. And even if you're using a mash tun, you might want to put the grain into a sock so you can move it around and kind of steep it if you need to later um, so then it doesn't plug up your mash tun. Um, I mean, you could, if you've ever cooked quinoa before, you could kind of imagine trying to mash it. Um, if you know Anybody who hasn't brewed before, your mash comes out with a lot of hard matter. Even though you've kind of cooked it, quote unquote, for you know about an hour, when you're done, there's still a lot of hard stuff there. There's still a lot of husks, there's still a lot of bran. Um, and these hard structures provide void spaces to kind of mash settles, so they help keep open gaps. You don't have this with a lot of these other grains and they're gonna start to turn to mush. So we're looking at a single infusion, pretty short mash, lots of rice hulls, and you're going to want to put it into uh, a bag of some sort. So if you got your old like brewing bag, grain bag around, that's going to come in handy. If you don't and you don't want to invest in a new one, get two or three disposable grain bags and kind of split your grain bill up between two or three of those because it's going to want to get stuck. Okay. All right. And now we get down to fermentation. Um, so we talked about how when we ferment with barley, we tend to get this kind of perfect balance of tannins um, and proteins and starches and sugars at the end. There's another thing that barley has in it that all other fermentable products don't, and that's a load of nutrients. The biggest one that we always talk about is diammonium phosphate. But we also have like botan and manganese um, and some other things that kind of accumulate on the you know husk of the grain while it grows. So there's a load of nutrients in there that these other grains, as well as wine and mead, doesn't have, which is why often you see people adding the diammonium phosphate to these other recipes. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have to add it to these beers. So at least a half a teaspoon uh, per gallon of DAP, but I think any brewer would encourage you, and I think we've talked about how important yeast is on this show, go for a better yeast nutrient for this. You're only going to be using two and a half teaspoons. Go for like a generic energizer, whether it's Y yeast or White Labs brand, nutrients, Fermax K, you know, add a little bit better nutrients. It has all those other things besides the DAP that the barley has for you. And then last of all, and I think that probably will ring out the most and that everybody will, you know, stick to is dry hop every beer you make. I don't care if it's a Pilsner. I don't care if it's a Porter. I don't care if it's a style that doesn't normally have dry hops in it. You're going to want to put some dry hops in the beer. Um, I would like to explain to you now why I think it's, oh, you're losing, you know, hot flavor during the boil and this, you know, without any, you know, carbohydrates or, 
that you know maybe because of the fermentation um, you know carries off some extra flavors nope I don't think it's any of that you're putting it in there just to cover up some of the non-beer flavors that are created by the sorghum created by the quinoa um, created by the millet trying to kind of keep beer like aroma so that when the person puts the you know the glass of beer to their nose the first thing that they smell is some nice hops and so you start to get familiar flavors right off the bat you don't want them to go to sniff it and again smell mm -hmm. a cold salad right so um, doing everything you can here you, you will end up with a beer that you are possibly happy with um, but I guarantee you you'll have something that somebody who's never had a beer uh, in recent history or after work again long hard day at work they haven't had a beer this is going to be great for them. And in terms of the variety, like how wide a swath you can hit with these, it's obviously much it's much more specialized, right? You're not yeah. going to go all the way to, I mean. You can make any style. But, yeah. But there's definitely ones that are tend to be better. Stouts, anything that isn't like a smash Pilsner Pale Ale, not really what you want to go for. So don't think of anything that's malt character, delicate and malt character first. So you're not going to make a Vienna, you're not going to make a Municalis, or at least not a good one. You can make it, but I don't really think it's going to turn out that well. You know, Caramel Porter? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Coffee Stout? Sure. Big, uh, you know, Session IPA? Probably your best shot right there. Yeah. Um, and, and I think those are probably the best styles to shoot for. I mean, there's some other styles like Creek or like, you know, other Lambic styles, which are barely have any barley in them that tend to you know, lend well uh, for this. But really, session IPAs, you know, coffee stouts, caramel porters, stuff that's not barley-focused beers. So anything, again, that's kind of, you know, English bitter, that's really focused on, you know, a light beer with you know, good barley character, don't shoot for that. All right. Gluten-free beers. It seems like it might be uh, labor of love more than any other one we've talked about. Absolutely. So, you know, if you got it, if you got the time, you want to put the work in. More power to you. Yeah, and if your you know kegging system is full and you're looking for something to do, this might be a good one gallon, you know, option to do. Yeah. You know, you can take one or two beers, give a friend, uh, you know, a twelve pack, and you get a project. They get really good beer. It's a win-win. We see why they might be a little bit more expensive than other beers and also why you might save a little more money by doing it yourself. Yeah. All right. Gluten-free beers. If you want to do it, pumpkin last week, gluten-free this week. Where are we going to go next week? Who knows? We owe people a little more normal beer topic yeah. next week. <laughs> Back to the hits next week on Niagara Traditions. Just brew it here on ESPN 1520. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.